Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. Today, I'm here with Dak Daniels. The one and only. <laughs> so, you're born outside of San Francisco? Yeah. Where? I grew up in an area called Belmont. Okay. It's like 15 minutes from the San Francisco airport. Yeah. A little suburb mm-hmm. type town. Were your, were your parents like born in the US or? Yeah, so my dad was born in San Jose, and which is like pretty close. And then my mom's actually from Maryland. So. Oh, wow. Um, we went there like a lot, like when I was like a little kid. But most of my time was just yeah. San Francisco, you know? So your parents, your grandparents moved to the US or like how many? Well, you've been here so many, your family's been here a lot of generations, right? Yeah, so my, actually my grandmother immig- on my dad's side immigrated from Hiroshima, Japan. Mm. Um, and then my mom's family was all from like Ireland. But I think they're, they're all like second, my parents are like second generation. Yeah. Yeah. So. So you didn't really like grow up kind of, but how much of like the cultures did they bring into your growing up? Um, I think on my, on my dad's side, I, I did a lot of the, uh, Asian cultural stuff growing up, like, you know, like Japanese New Year and all this stuff. Um, and then on my mom's, it was a little, little more disconnected just because, like, her family was so far away. I wasn't necessarily, like, hanging out with all of them every single day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think my dad's side is a little bit more influenced yeah. in terms of culturally, you know. Do you still have a bunch of family back in those Yeah, so I still have family in Japan. Um, no, I've never been able to visit them before, though. Um, but they've come out here and stuff, you know? Yeah. So what do your parents do? My dad works in uh, TV media, and he um, distributes, like, content for, um, like, international territories, like, Middle East and Asia. So he's always on the road. Like, I think he was just in, like, Istanbul last week. And then my mom works at an elementary school. So. Oh. Where do you think you got your creative side from? Mostly from your dad, right? Yeah. My mom was an artist, though. So she's, like, a classically trained, like, painter and stuff. So... Growing up, she always like supported me to. I mean, I skateboarded my entire life growing up, so skating and kind of arts go all hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So she loved it. Like the fact when I started making music and stuff, it was kind of like um, an extension of her her art upbringing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of music did they play in the house growing up? Um, my dad was like an old R and B and soul fan, so I grew up on a lot of that type of stuff. And my mom was like an old classic rock fan, so like. Sting and like ACDC and shit, you know? Did you play like instruments or? Yeah, so I played guitar for like seven years. I honestly was just never that good at it. So <laughs> I played in a band for a little bit, but I was always the one who was like slacking the most. And I think that's what drove me to, for music production when I finally like started doing something that I could um, connect with a little more and that wasn't as straining on me for like the physical ability of like playing frets on a guitar. Mm-hmm. It really, uh, benefited me in that way you know what I mean yeah actually this is something that asked a lot of like mixed race people but did you ever have like culture identity problems or anything a little bit because I feel like growing up um I mean there's a huge Asian population in San Francisco yeah so I did have a lot of like Asian friends growing up but I always felt like I wasn't necessarily like connecting with them as hard because they grew up in like a full traditional Asian household with two Asian parents and then on my mom's side, with her being white, it's like, I, I you know, it, it's always in between. So I always like identified as like half. Mm. Um, I think the terms like hoppa. Yeah. Like half Were there Japanese, a lot of hoppas like 
So there weren't that many like when you were growing up. Not as many Jap half Japanese, but there's a lot of like half Chinese and oh. half like uh, Korean and stuff like that. Oh, so, so you weren't like like the only one. No. Yeah. Not by any means like that. Yeah. That's cool though. Um, wait, so how did you get into skateboarding? Um, it's weird. Like I remember I uh, got like a baseball mitt for my birthday from like an aunt, and it was the wrong hand because I'm left-handed. So I went to the store to go return it. They didn't have a, a left-handed glove at the store at the time, and I bought like a shitty, whatever, like Looney Tunes skateboard. <laughs> I think I was like four. You know what I mean? My parents just yeah. like returned it. And then from there is a wrap. I remember just um, going to the local skate park as a kid and just seeing, you know, in San Francisco, it's such a big culture for it. So you'd see like pros there all the time and seeing guys like, like David Gravett and Andrew Lange is a pro skater from my hometown. Like seeing those guys every day at the parks and stuff just made me want to do it and be like them, you know? Mm -hmm. And you were competitive, right? Yeah, I mean, I skated for a shop um, that I worked at called Society in the Bay. Um, and I filmed with them. And then when I moved to LA, I was kind of filming with um, the Baker guys. My co-founder, 40 Ounce Colt, was Pommy. Uh, he was sponsored by Baker and uh, Shake Jet and all them. So I got the fortunate opportunity of being able to go film with them and stuff. Mm. But I uh, tore my ACL when I was like 17. Oh. So that was kind of a wrap after that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And was that something that you were doing like every day after school? Like they, Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I went to continuation school because I got kicked out of high school. Um, Wasn't so it like a Christian school? Yeah, I went to a, I went to a Christian uh, school called St. Francis up in uh, near San Jose, and I got kicked out of there when I was like 15. Are your parents it, religious? My mom um, was like Catholic growing up. I think she's kind of like shifted out of that being like such a central focus because my dad's like parents are Buddhist, and they kind of mm. let me just kind of form my own decisions. But um, yeah, I just don't really. I don't think it really influenced me too much because they kind of just let me do my own thing and yeah but why did they send you to a christian school that's like not common right in the u.s not super common but honestly a lot of times it's like the the private school is considered to be like more like, like academic. so academic yeah. or whatever like that and they thought it was the best choice but mm. unfortunately for me i was just surrounded by a bunch of like the, the area it was in was like super affluent so i was surrounded by a bunch of kids i didn't relate with no one skated there and um if you didn't play sports you were just kind of like the odd one out so I didn't fit in there from the beginning so when I got kicked out it was kind of a blessing in disguise probably were you kicked out um they thought I was selling drugs oh I mean I was smoking a shit ton of weed but I wasn't yeah. like you know I wasn't like you know moving packs back then yeah. you know so so like what okay what happened after so I went to this continuation school called summit where it was super tight it was like an accelerated program I finished my class I went to school like 10 a.m and finished it like one um, and then I went straight to my job at the skate shop every day afterwards um, Or went skating <laughs> So it wasn't a tough deal, yeah. you know what I mean? Did you like school? Nah <laughs> just hate, just hate I went everything. to college briefly after after high school and uh, It just really wasn't my thing. I went for graphic design It's kind of like a cop-out because I was like pretty well versed in Photoshop, but I'm not a drawer or an artist by any means mm -hmm. so I don't know, I, when I found Icon, the, the music school, I just thought that that might just be a better fit because I loved making music at the time yeah. so much. Actually, why did you decide to go to college if you just didn't even, did your parents push you to get They, they did want me to go for that and that's kind of like the traditional route that like their families pushed for when they were younger, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, when I, when I came to them and showed them that like, this is something, for music at least, I was excelling in, yeah. rather than, um, being the, the C and D student I was growing up, 
it was kind of a cool thing for them because they got to see their son like excelling in something for the first time, you know? Yeah. So what kind of careers did you have at that point that uh, you had in mind? Yeah, so I have a, one of my really good buddies who was like the first person to start hooking me up with um, like skate gear. Um, his name's Flip Nasty. He uh, started a really big skate sunglass company called Happy Hour. And I really wanted to work with them for a while. I was always like helping them with like music promotion because when I first moved to LA, I was like pretty well connected with a lot of music people. Um, so I thought that might be kind of a route to go. And then alternatively, I just like was always into fashion. So I wanted to um, get my toes in that, whether that was going to work in sales or marketing for someone, you know? Mm. And back then you were listening to like a Marilyn Manson, right? Yeah, I mean, I, my, my music taste growing up was so funny. Like, I had like a full solid two years where I like almost only listened to like 3-6 Mafia. And then a lot of like barrier rap, like Andre Nicotina. Mm -hmm. But like in term with that, I felt like I really connected with like that hardcore like gangster rap shit. But also like punk rock was, went, and went hand in hand with that, you know? That's kind of the way I look at like SoundCloud rap now. It's like the new generation of punk rock. So being able to like have that like teen angst type thing is something I always wanted to bring to my music anyway, mm -hmm. you know? Were you ever in a band? Yeah, briefly I yeah. like played in one with like some friends when I was like in middle school and like early high school, but it just was never really that good, you know? <laughs> and they'd always be like, Taryn, you missed this chord or like whatever. So um, I kind of just let them do their own thing and crush it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And one of my buddies who I was in the band with still to this day is like, involved in the San Francisco um, the punk and hardcore scene pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Do you remember who showed you Excision? <sighs> um, I remember like when friends started first getting cars like they would get um, like sound systems like subwoofers in their car and stuff and it was like a fool for my school I think his name was Ryan <laughs> I haven't talked to him in years but yeah he like was the first one that I knew that had like the really ballin' system and he was like, you gotta listen to this song. And it was like the UKF page or whatever like that, you know what I mean? And then it landed on an Excision song in the playlist. And it was a rap. I was like, what is this? And then did you decide to like immediately buy, what software were you using back then? So I like downloaded a cracked copy of um, Ableton originally. And at the time, like I was seeing a lot of guys using Reason too. So I ended up getting both within the same year and just kind of not really knowing what I was doing and self-teaching. And then I just went back to Ableton after a little while just because mm -hmm. that's like the one I feel most comfortable on. How many years ago was this? So I was 16, 24 now, eight years. Yeah. So Did you have a moniker? At a different yeah, I had so many ones. I had like Dr. Lean was one. <laughs> um, uh, Tanner Chung, just my name was one. But yeah, Dak Janos I landed on pretty early and I already had the accounts for. It was honestly just like a joke thing that I was like, this is my Instagram name and here's gonna be my backup SoundCloud. And then just fucking landed on it, yeah. you know? I was like, I just wanna run with this, you know? <laughs> but how did you think of it? Like, do you want it to be like based on, like did you want to do the letter switch and that was just like a <laughs> Yeah, cool I mean idea. definitely seeing Funk Case was like a big inspiration because he's like one of my favorite artists and I remember buying like his Doom DP in all of his old circus record releases and he was just always one of my favorites. But um, that combined with the fact that like I would uh, work at my skate shop and there's like a little like desk drawer mm -hmm. like at the cashier's register and I would just bring in like a flask of Jack Daniels or Jim Beam every day. Oh. <laughs> so the name, like the second Instagram came out, it was like a ton of skaters on it and shit. And everyone had these like funny ass names on it and I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do Dak Daniels. 
<laughs> so it definitely started from my Instagram name, and I was like, all right, I'll make the SoundCloud and shit, you know? Mm hmm. And then I guess you, while you were still in college, that's when you were like still working on music, right? Or? Yeah, so I like started making music in high school, and I was like, okay. And then I went to college, and I started doing it, like taking it way more seriously on my free time. Um, and then I went to Icon and college concurrently at the same time. And um, once the workload on, on the both sides just like became too overwhelming, I was like, all right, I just want to pick one or the other and mm -hmm. running with music. How, what was your career at the point when you joined Icon? Um, I was doing like freelance video editing, <laughs> pretty much. Oh, so you didn't even like have a music, music fan? Not at all, not um, at all. When I went to Icon, I like, I think I had like a couple um, like blog posts that like covered my music like this song slaps But it was never anything that like got such a great reception that I really thought it was it was something serious that I could take seriously, you know mm -hmm. um, It wasn't really until I went to icon and started like really honing in on making the quality of my music Like as good as it can be that I was like, oh shit I can I want to try to like really brand this and make it like a career path, you mm -hmm. know But how did you even find out about icon because this was like not too many notable people were before you, right? Yeah, so the number one person I saw was Protohype. And Max is like a really good friend of mine now. We did a collab together when we were on tour in Australia earlier this year. And he's like one of my best friends. So it's crazy to see like he was the one that I was listening to his music all the time. And then like I wanted to go to a place that I like had a dubstep uh, track record or something, you know what I mean? Rather than going somewhere that's just like general music production or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So Protohype was like really the main influence to go there. Yeah. And then in my class, I was fortunate like Nightmare and you know Slander, Slander guys were yeah. in my class, so I got really lucky being around like the most like creative minds, you know. Mhm. Mm but why did you want to study music? Like, could you not just learn it yourself? Or yeah, and I think that that's like an interesting thing that varies person to person. For me. I almost needed like confirmation that a lot of the stuff I was doing was right mm. and I never had resources as, as um, uh, like at my reach as like icon you know so I think for some people like they just got it and they figure it out and like but right now online resources are so much doper than they were oh, eight true. years ago when I was learning how to produce yeah. when there was like 10 YouTube tutorials on how to make dubstep <laughs> versus now it's like you go online and there's a million tutorials of people who like making the craziest sounds ever. So for me, it was like there wasn't really many options and like I really wanted to go to music school just to get some sort of certification stuff to really like show that I have um, learned the skill base, I, I think, you know? Mm -hmm. And what happened after? It's crazy. So I actually started getting my first booking. It's like right towards the end of Icon. Oh, so you were like putting out a ton of music. Yeah, I was putting there. out music while I was going to Icon and there was a project for like our second semester there where it was like, do a self-release and get artwork made and I wasn't even like fully committed to doing Dak Daniels but I just used that as a as kind of like my, my my outlet to put it out and it ended up getting covered by a bunch of blogs and stuff like that and got like a really good reception that I was like damn I should just run with this for as yeah. long as I can you know were you so you were sending it to all these blogs yeah so yeah. that was my main way of like promoting at the time like I had a buddy who worked for this song slaps I went to college with and I would just hit him up and say, hey man, can you help like send this out to your network and see if we can get any coverage? And this was before SoundCloud repos, um, really before like even the YouTube premieres were like as accessible as they are for me now. So that was just kind of my way of like grassroots getting the music out. Mm -hmm. And then did you, have, did you do like other jobs in the meantime? Um, I did stuff here and there. Uh, still was doing some freelance video editing. 
once I went to Icon, I really focused on like mixing and mastering. So I started helping people out and doing mixing and mastering, mm-hmm. um, especially people who were like more in their starting point than I was at the time and like helping them like with like uh, just general consultations on their music. And that's something I still do this day. Like if a kid hits me up and like I like their stuff and there's like room for growth, I'll like help them out with some tutoring sessions. Cool. Just because I feel like that's like the best way to help the next generation of artists, you know? Because mm-hmm. like if you can help one kid make their track crack and they have a little bit more confidence to make more music like that, that to me is just more fire music I can add to my set. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool though that you can do like graphic design, like photo, like video editing, like you pretty much like. <laughs> yeah, I mean all all digital just, media shit. Was you don't even like, need to hire anyone. <laughs> Well, and that's the funny thing is yeah. I do all the artwork for 40 Ounce Cult. Like, yeah. even when we made the fake, the, the the parody anti-rhythm or anti-social logo for the anti-rhythm shit, I didn't want to make it, like, the same exact as the logo. Yeah. So, like, I just sat down and just do all that shit. So, all of our designs I've just done myself in-house. Mm-hmm. And then, so after you graduated and then you just started getting like a lot of bookings for music or, like, what was it? Yeah, like I got after? signed with, like, a management that did Riot 10. And he was like someone I was like I was following pretty hard with his tra- in his trap days, um, and I was really fortunate. They just really started plugging me on support dates for him and a lot of other guys, and it really helped me get my feet in the ground to be like, oh, sick! I played this market, I played Houston, I played Paris when I was like 19 years old, um, and kind of get my get my feet wet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say like it was like explosive, like boom! I'm like touring, doing all these fat dates, but. Um, I was definitely playing a lot. I mean, I remember my first year out at it, I probably did like 30, 40 shows just no then, way. you know? So that was like your full-time job? Yeah. Oh, and wow. that's what that's what turned into like my main source of income, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, well, what year did 40 Ounce start? I think we started 40 Ounce like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really inspired by like Baker Skateboards and Shake Giant. That was the kind of stuff that I looked up to when I was a kid like seeing these skaters who were like go super hard on the board and then also go super hard partying i just like love the sex drugs rock and roll aspect of it you know mm-hmm. so i just really wanted to make something that was inspired by that because there's no like genuine skate connection between that and edm before oh. if anything it was kind of like a gimmick you know what i mean like the same way you see like a macy's ad with like some dude on a skateboard and it kind of looks cringy <laughs> i feel like skating was just always kind of like a novelty involved or like i mean You'll see like a music video and someone's like just skating in the back or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was really easy to just like connect something that I actually did and worked in that industry for so long. My co-founder was like heavily involved, even up until like two years ago. Like Hami used to work at Supra, the you know the footwear company as mm-hmm. a team manager. So we've always kept ourselves like really really close to that industry as much as we can. You know? Oh shit. Oh my gosh. Death if, on sidewalk talk. Literally. <laughs> oh my god, if we walked like a bit faster, that car could not have stopped. Yeah. <laughs> How did you come up with Dax Squad? <laughs> Dude, so there's a my favorite rapper ever is Chief Keith. Um, and his producer was Young Chop. And on every single one of like the Chief Keith tracks with him, at the beginning it would say, Chop Squad, Chop Squad. And I started using the Dax Squad thing as like a tag on my rap production stuff. When I, because I used to produce rap beats for a couple guys on Chief's label Glow Gang. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with the Glow Gang twins and Lil Flash, and I just wanted to have a producer tag because it's so common in hip hop. Just you want to make your marks like the producer thing known. Yeah. And then after I did it, I was like, damn, it's actually pretty tight. Yeah. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna keep doing this. You know <laughs> what I mean? 
What do you love about Chief Kiefer and Gucci Mane? Um, I like how raw they are. Like, I think it's really cool seeing guys who like not only were like really pioneers of a genre like trap for them or drill for Chief Keith, but like seeing people who are like so genuine that you can like hear it out in their music. Like Chief Keith had like a really rough upbringing. You know, I mean like police shooting at him and shit and he's like had so many friends like taken from him and stuff like that. And I think I just like, so I see like the, the method to the madness with him. And I almost like, I'm just really respect that that someone can like come out of you know, a really, really, where, where all the uh, the cards are stacked against him and come out on top and, and, mm. and do his thing, you know? Yeah. How did the so upcoming song with Famous Sex come about? So his, uh, one of his producers, Akachi, and me have been following each other for like days and days and days, like, you know, since last year. And we always like liked each other's posts and like I always <laughs> listen to his stuff and randomly hit me on the DM and he was like, yo, let's get on a fucking collab, dude. And I was like, dude, I'm so down. So we start, he started up a track and sent me over some stems and I loved the intro and I flexed and did the, did the rhythm thing on it. And we were thinking of vocalists for it and he just like sawed over the vocal and was like, yo man, I think that this is gonna be the one that'll fit and it ended up fitting out perfectly. Oh, wow. And Dex is like one of my favorite Chicago rappers too. So it was like a dream come true mm -hmm. pretty much for me, you know? Do you, is there a date or? No, I mean, we just finished it up and we're yeah. gonna figure out exactly what the best outlet for it is, whether mm -hmm. that's sending it to one of the big labels, or if we want to do an internal release with 40 ounce Colt and, and you know, kind of keep it internal. But um, yeah, I'm really excited to see yeah. where it goes. You know what I mean? <laughs> How would you say our music has changed since the early songs you made? I think with the early songs, like I was really focused on like making everyone better than the next. So I've never really like landed on a sound that I just like kept using on songs. I just feel like my sound design is very specific and I always make new so sounds for each track. So early on, it was a lot of like learning still, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this works, this doesn't, this sounds too generic or whatever. And now I'm at a point where I, like, I take that into account every single time I write a track. I'm like, okay, I don't want this to sound like another rinse of a song I made six months ago. I want this to be its own look, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? I think for me, it's just more about maximizing like the new audience members coming in or people who may have heard one song from me. I want them to be able to hear the next one and be like, this is something completely different. It's a good vibe but it's still a dash English track, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? How would you say you've grown as a person compared to when you were younger? I mean, I like was just a little shit growing up. <laughs> I was always like getting in trouble, wasn't really great at school, and I was just dealing with a lot of like, I guess like, ang like social anxiety from being like bullied and stuff growing up. Mm. So I was always kind of the odd one out. And for me now, I think that like, I've really gotten like a good grip on who I am as a person, like what I need to like be healthy and feel my best and work my best. So I think early on, like especially when music, like when I first started doing it, I was just all over the place, constantly stressed out. Um, I got arrested when I was 17 and that for me was like a really, really big indicator of like, I really need to like grow into a better person than I'm being right now, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and that, that in turn just really gave me motivation to like, stay out of trouble and focus on my craft and I think when I started out making music it was really easy to get lost in like oh I need to work on this and I need to go out every night and I need to go this thing and have a drink with this person now it's like I take that take that step back and say oh do I really need to do this or should I go to my studio and work on music all night you know right yeah, yeah. what would you say have been your biggest challenges so far could be in your personal life for me like I I haven't really talked about this a lot but like I um 
I like still suffer from like pretty bad anxiety when I travel. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's combination between just like being totally out of control with like flight delay and this and that mm. and just being surrounded by cops wherever you go. So early on, like that was like, I would go travel for shows and just not eat. Cause like, that's how it affected me anxiety wise. It would just make my stomach all tight. So that was like my biggest challenge I've like dealt with up until like this past year where I've kind of been able to get a grip on it and figure out like what I need to eat and how much I need to sleep and like do this just to like feel good, you know? Mm -hmm. Other than that, I think the other challenge is like just staying motivated when like there's like lots of, it's really easy to see other people like killing it or people you don't think might not deserve it or whatever like that. And I just look at it now a lot different than I used to at the beginning where I was like, why? why is it my music like that or like that? And now mm -hmm. it's just motivation for me to be like, I just need to be the best person I am, you know what I mean? And my time will come, you know? Yeah. Actually for both of the, those things, like how did you, like what was the turning point? Was it something that you read or like? Turning point for my like anxiety? advice for people like who are going through the same yeah, thing? Yeah, I mean, for me, I woke up and I was like 20 pounds underweight. I like went to the doctor and they were just telling me, they're like, yeah, man, you're just like not like as healthy as you should be, you know? Um, and I think the best advice is, like, if you're feeling that way, dude, like, go get professional, a, a professional opinion. I ended up going to a neurologist just to, like, make sure my brain was all good. You know what I mean? Um, and then just for motivation stuff, I think just, like, don't get too caught up in listening to other people's shit and, like, feeling you like you need to be like that. Because as much as I tell people to, like, take and learn things from listening to other people's music, I think it's really easy for people to, to take that meaning as, like, oh, I need to, like, make a song just, like sudden death or something like that you know we're like sudden death's doing his own thing incredibly well no one else will be another sudden death you know what i mean if you if you keep yourself in that mindset you'll always be a second rate you know mm. yeah what does love mean to you love to me means i think it's like unconditionally being there to support someone mm -hmm. i'm really lucky i've been with my girlfriend for a really long time and she's like the most supportive of my shit and i just feel the love every day whenever like i'm super down or I think a track sucks and I don't want to work on it anymore. I have someone there to be there to like hold me up and pick me up. And for me to be able to reciprocate that, I try to show love to every single person I meet where like, if someone comes to my show and they're gonna spend the money, wear my merch and like take their, that time out of their day to go support, that to me, like I have to reciprocate that with like genuine love for them and knowing that they're like helping me be able to do what I do, mm -hmm. you know? What do you love about your girlfriend's personality? I love the fact of how similar we are, but we're also like very different. Like we both do a lot of the same stuff, both drink vodka, we both, you know, we both like the same liquors, we both smoke weed, we fucking, you know what I mean? But at the same time, having someone that like gets me and knows when, knows when like I'm not doing great on my day and she can just like pick, pick up on that and she can be around me to like really, really help support me or like that. Mm -hmm. I think that to me is my favorite quality about her. Yeah. Rather than kind of like, not being in the know about that or not being understanding and we like would fight because I'm, my head's all messed up she'll be the one to be like take a breath everything's gonna be okay you know what I mean yeah last question what do you want to be remembered for I think I want to be remembered for more than anything is like not just being like a dubstep DJ I would want that's part of the reason why I'm like so infatuated with like doing this fashion thing and doing 40 ounce cult is because I want to be looked at more of like a cultural icon or like a tastemaker. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I have such a good ear for being able to like see kids who have such raw talent and such potential that like is if that can motivate even one kid to say, hey, I want to do this, and then he can use that motivation to 
make his dreams manifest. I want to be known for being someone who like inspires like that, you know? Yeah, I love that. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, it's a fucking <laughs> honor, dude. Thanks so much. <laughs> Bye.